put masks on. Oftentimes on Sunday, we put on our happy faces. Hallelujah, how are you? I'm happy now. I, I want to encourage you to not do that. This is, this is a safe place where we don't ever need to pretend and be phony. Can I get an amen? It's imperative that we are real and genuine with each other so that the gift of the Spirit can be made manifest in our midst so that people like Joseph will be able to see what's happening and we can say to one another, Well, 
fact, Job was one of the guys where, in Scripture, there's not any bad character stuff referenced in relation to Job. Here's Job just minding his own business, being a good son to his father. Anybody here ever feel like you've been a good follower of Christ to your father in heaven? I'm minding my own business. I'm doing my own thing. I'm just trying to be an obedient God. I'm just trying to do what God has laid out for me to do. And trouble comes your way. And you're like, why is trouble coming my way? Why is there difficulty? Why is there heartache? Imagine Joseph. You think Joseph sitting down in the cistern in the bottom of the hole might have been thinking to himself, what did I do to deserve this? Can anybody here identify with, what did I do to deserve this? Nod your head, but you can not look at me now. Let me know your answer. Okay? We feel that way sometimes. And then, then we actually know our own sin and our own fault. We say, oh, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And we get misconceptions of who God is. We think that because of our behavior, God treats us a certain way. That is not the thought of Scripture. Your punitive damage for your sin was paid for by Jesus Christ upon the cross at Calvary. Hallelujah. There's no punitive damage. Now, you may suffer consequence for your sin. You reap what you sow. That's a principle. There's not punitive damage. That has the penalty for sin has been paid for. So let's not get wrong views of who God is. Things we live in a broken world, and this world is presently under the auspices of control by our adversary, the devil, who is roaming around like a roaring lion seeking whom they may devour. His mission is to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's his mission. And he is seeking to do that upon you. So he is ripped from his father, ripped from his brothers, ripped from his aunts. He's an uncle with lots of little kids running around. All that is stripped from him. And he's taken down into Egypt. And while in Egypt, an Ishmaelite, they sell him to the captain of the house, captain of the guard, if you will, Potiphar. Now, in the midst of his misery, In the midst of our strife, in the midst of our stuff, oppression, in the midst of our what? And some of us in here, our stories, if they were told, we'd all say, I, I don't want that story in my life. I don't want that. I, there's stuff. Some have gotten bad reports on your physical health. Some have bad reports after demonstrations of financial situations. Some of us are in our own financial trial and tribulation because of our own decision making. Some 
But the one thing that we need to do, consider Elisha. In Scripture, Elisha, in the fourth chapter of 2 Kings, John and I were just talking about this in the back. One of the wives of the sons of the prophet, she comes before Elisha and she says, You know my husband, he feared the Lord, and he's now dead. And the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be bond servants. You think she's happy? Her husband was in the ministry, and he died, and now they owe debt. And because they can't pay the debt, the creditor is going to come and take her only two sons to work for him to pay the bills. So she's going to have no sustenance whatsoever. He's roaming around like a roaring lion. He's seeking 
time he's going to be put in charge of all of Egypt under Pharaoh. Thirteen years. So he's 30 years old. Two years, we know he was in prison when the butler didn't bring him to his story. So of the 11 remaining years, we don't know how much time he was actually in prison. In other words, when was it that Potiphar's wife laid a hold of him, then accused him, and he got put in prison? We don't know how much time it was. It could have been 10 years. He was put in a hole, he was sold, then he was a whole to the church. It was, he did nothing. In fact, he did everything right. In fact, he's a
the recipient of these adverse circumstances, God gives him a wife, and of the wife, he gives him a son, and his son honors her dignity and honors her dignity. Thank you, Lord. God will help you and I to overcome our problems with
not understood them. But here in the big picture, we look back and we say, we're, we are saved and going to heaven because of the faithfulness of God who revealed the whole plan to the Jewish people. Let's pray together. I call this message today the love of God. The love of God.
I have received from the Lord, that which I have also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks for it, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it. Do it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Paul was writing this letter in the 60s AD. I just got back from Italy two weeks ago. and We, we went to Rome. It was awesome. There were some cool things. But one of the most amazing things we went to was this church. It was actually a house. It was four stories underground that was used in the first century by the church. Pastored that church is a guy who Paul references in Philippians, a guy by the name of Clement. And we here, 2,000 years later, are a continued lineage of people who get to partake in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We get to partake in communion together. It's, it's amazing to see the foundations upon which we have been laid. Paul tells us that it is Jesus that upon the apostles, and then so on and so forth. We are here today. So I did this a few months ago. But we have documented the way the first century church took communion. So we're going to do it the same way they did. And that they were instructed, the apostles had instructed the bishops of all the different churches to teach their people to take the bread, to take the cup, do it in remembrance of the Lord. And he would pray for it this way. So I'm going to pray the way the first century pastors prayed, and then we'll take together. But they said, first concerning the cup, we give you thanks, our Father holy vine of your servant David, which you have revealed to us through your servant Jesus. To you is the glory forever. Let's partake of the cup. And then concerning the bread, we give thanks, our Father, for the life and for the knowledge which you revealed to us through your servant Jesus. To you is the glory forever. And just as this broken loaf has been scattered over the hills as grain, and having been gathered together again has become one, in like fashion, may your church be gathered together from the ends of the earth into your kingdom, because yours is the glory and the power forever through Jesus Christ, forever and ever. Amen. Let's partake of the bread this morning. God, we have been brought together like the very grain that came together to make this bread. We have been brought together. Uh, you have grafted us in, as Pastor Dave said this morning, Gentile nation, experiencing the full blessing that comes with being the chosen of God. God, we thank you this morning we get to partake God, help us every day, not just once a month at church, but help us every time. Give us the remembrance every time we even break bread and drink grape juice or root beer or Dr. Pepper, whatever it is, Lord God, may we remember what you have done for us. And it is because of what you have done for us that we can have life evermore. So God, we thank you. We praise you. Go with us as we go from this place this morning. Thank you that freedom. 
God, we believe. We believe. No matter what we are going through, no matter what trial or tribulation, your word tells us that we are to glory in tribulation. For tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. And character produces hope. And that hope does not disappoint. God, we believe. We believe. In your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Go in the grace and knowledge of Jesus this morning. God bless you.